everyone, and welcome to the Malthouse Games Podcast. My name is Delton. I'll be your host today. And with me, as usual, is my lovely wife and yellow player, Haley. But I am anything but usual. You are very unusual, that's for sure. Good morning. Good morning. It's Sunday morning. This podcast needs to be out in a few hours. But, uh, you know, Haley had the flu for a while. (laughs) Yeah, I was dead. I don't think my liver could have handled any alcohol. And then I would not have been able to actually speak because I sounded like a frog for like a solid three days. She really did. It was bad. Her voice always goes and gets raspy and croaky. And the flu just does not treat her well. So we put that off. And then I guess this week hasn't been crazy busy, but we ended up on a Sunday morning. And this is where we are. But I got some sweet fever dreams. That's true. She wants to read you guys, whoever, all of you that don't use Twitter, get to now hear her fever dreams that she had when she had the flu. I'm just going to read, like, two. That way you get a sampler pack, and you have to go to my Twitter to find the rest of them. So, for example, so whenever I get sick, I have the wildest dreams, and I remember them, which is hashtag a blessing. And so over two or three days, I had eight really crazy fever dreams. The first one was... Uh, both Ludacris and Snoop Dogg DM me on Twitter to help me write lyrics for their respective albums because they know I'm good at puns. Who wouldn't want that? Uh, let's see here. I train pigeons for the government, not messenger or carrier pigeons, just to do tricks and wear tiny colorful bird pants without a fuss. There are more than that. Go to Twitter. Hashtag. No, wait, not hashtag. At Geek S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L-Y-G-E-E-K to read more. This is what I've put up with. I have to entertain myself. Like I'm just laying on the couch being a goober because my body feels like I'm rolling around on broken glass every time that I move. I just have to like lay there and drink tea and take Tylenol and take Tamiflu and dream really crazy things. I mean, I guess that's true. I did get a rad collection of memes while I was sick because I did browse Reddit for a while and just stockpiled my meme collection. She kept sending me stuff randomly at work, constantly, and I got really tired of memes real fast. Never tired of memes. Never. I should probably say, we're a tabletop games podcast, where we talk about board games, card games, no, today, <laughs> tabletop games. We are a flu beer. podcast, where we talk about the differences, the different psychotropic effects medications have on the brain. For example, whenever you take Tylenol versus whenever you take Tamiflu, versus whenever you take uh, Mucinex, what that does to your dreams. I think it's the codeine and the cough syrup that was doing stuff to your dreams. That's probably right. That's a lot more accurate, in my experience. But that's what's been going on for Haley recently, uh, and it's pretty much what's been going on for me, which is doing the housework and trying to take care of her, but also not let her touch things. We did have a date night last night. It was wonderful. It was almost more of a date day because we got lunch at a, what is it, Nabati, which is mm-hmm. a vegan Mediterranean place we found out about through Delicious. a coworker. And then I guess we just kind of like went around and did random stuff. And then we had- We bought pea protein milk. Pea protein milk and oat milk. Bought a flannel shirt. <clears throat> we finally got to check out the REI in town that opened up, REI Co-op. And then we had appetizers and drinks at uh, Goon, which is a new yakitori place downtown in the Paseo District. It's one of those places where 
they looked really concerned for us because we said we didn't have a reservation. Because that's not something you really think about at 5 o'clock on a Saturday. No, it's not. I'm going to go get a snack. That, that just shows you the type of restaurants we typically visit. Because later that evening, we went to a pizza place. We did. We finally got to try, is it Three Sisters? Stone, Stone Sisters. Sisters. Stone Sisters Pizza Place down uh, just south of 23rd Street by Byron's Liquor, which is the biggest liquor store, I think, in Oklahoma, and we love it. They have shopping carts. And aisles with conveyor belts, and it's the best. Their prices are also really good because they carry so much stock. Blessed. But the pizza place was really good. So we just got to eat a lot. We got vegan donuts. We went to the uh, Super Cow Nguyen, which is the big Asian market down on 25th that carries stuff from China, Japan, Taiwan, Korea, Thailand, all the different Asian countries. They bring over different specialties and things. So we got some miso paste and some spicy chili paste and some vegetables and... Baby bok choy. All kinds of random stuff that we're going to make an awesome dish with today. Sake. Little kitty sake cups. And we found some red bean uh, bao. We did. That's finally, vegan. Finally some vegan one. So I'm going to steam that today and have some dessert bao. It was a really good day yesterday. It was. It was a good day. I feel like, aside from you being sick, it's been a good two weeks. Yeah. And this is the first episode of 2020, which is exciting. Yay! I keep forgetting that, like, we're a new year now. We're in our second year of the podcast. Still using my planner. She's still using her planner. She's made it this far. Solid 12 days in, my friend. Ugh. We'll see if it continues. Most, uh, most New Year's resolutions have died off now. Except for ours. Yeah. We've kept ours, except Haley bought a game at Target last night. However, that's because it's either going to be a gift or going to go to her office for her job. Hashtag wh- tax write-off. Which means it's not actually like our game. It's a, a work thing because she has, you know, child clients and they can play games for certain reasons. Yeah, like I have, was, was one game at work. It's just called the Thoughts, Feelings, Actions game. And kids absolutely love it. And it's nothing but a therapy game. They roll the die. They move. They land on a square. The square says they have to talk about a thought, feeling, or behavior. Gives them a prompt card. And, like, it sounds like a really boring game. But kids absolutely love it. And then they tell me whenever they're sad. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> this up. is what we want. This is what we want. And then I also have a, a couple of games that are board games. I just tailor to make therapy games. So, like, impulse control games. Like, for example, Cobra Paul would be a great impulse control game. And then whenever they screw up because they can't control their impulses, we talk about it. Why is it important to control your impulses? So that you can win this game and also stop throwing magnificent tantrums. I think it's going to work out. It's going to be great. I think it's going to be great. Well, before we get on to the game of this episode, I wanted to go ahead and talk about the beer. So today, yes, we're having beer at 9 a.m. on a Sunday. We said we never do this. By golly, we're doing it today. It's also a Sunday, so like, I don't care. We're doing this for you, dear listener. We're doing it for all of you. Drinking on a Sunday morning. So this is from Odell Brewing Company, who we've, I've, uh, we have drank on the show before. They're out of Colorado. This is Mountain Standard IPA. It says, this is Mountain Standard, a tribute to our backyard and the Rocky Mountain lifestyle. Hand-selected modern American hop varieties build layers of complex hop flavor with juicy, tropical notes, and bold, vibrant aromas. Join us as we help define the Mountain Style IPA. It is from Fort Collins, Colorado. And it's 6.5 alcohol by volume. We just woke up on Sunday morning, Dell. You're going to put us back to sleep. I am going to put myself back to sleep, yes. But then after this, I have to just turn around and start editing quickly. You know, sometimes people run behind, and it's fine. But I'll get it done, and that's what matters. I think that's just the story of our life. Every once in a while, we just hit a point where we're like, crap. (laughs) But you know what? 
you know what? This solemn buck is still going to be released on time. I think so. Mmm, smells really fresh and grapefruity. That makes it a breakfast drink, right? It smells very, very, like, fresh, mm. super citrusy. Go ahead and give that a taste and see what you think. Honestly, this is almost like a fruit juice. Yeah. It, it's, you know, a lot of times when you drink IPAs, it's citrus flavor. This is only grapefruit flavor. I don't know. It's a little, it's got a little bit of that earthiness, a little bit of a more, like, a small amount of musky hop in there that's balancing that a little bit. Because it's not super, super attack your taste buds hoppy and, like, grapefruity and citrusy. It's like grapefruit juice from concentrate. Kind of. It's really refreshing. Like, this would be a very good hot day beer. It's very crisp. It's got a very, like, clean mouthfeel. Did you say hot day or hot date? Both. Because you got to cool down. Yes. It's got a nice mouthfeel, nice color. It's got a good taste to it. I have no problem with this beer. I mean, it's pretty solid. I don't think it beats their double IPA. But to me, nothing, no IPA will beat a double IPA for the most part. But Odell Brewing, Mountain Standard IPA, I like it. Goes great with 8 a.m. in the morning on Sunday. Now that we have the beers open, let's move into the game so we can progress this show along. Oh, here's the door. It's straight ahead. It's, it's a game. So today, we are going to be discussing Cat Sudoku Roll for Kyoto. Now, this is one of the games I talked about ordering for Haley for Christmas from Taiwan. And I love it. The author of the game, so I guess designer, is Tate Wu. The artist is Kayami. The rules are Dinos Lambropolis. And the publisher is Sunrise Tornado Game Studio. And it's distributed currently through Taiwan Board Game Design. Now, you can go on to Taiwan Board Game Design, and they do have probably 20, 25 games that you can order that, uh, from what I could tell, are not in the U.S. yet. Um, I don't know about Europe or anywhere else, but I ordered them from them. Shipping wasn't bad at all. Uh, I think I got all three games for an affordable price, so it wasn't too bad. So Cat Sudoku is exactly what you think it's going to be. It's a cute cat version of Sudoku with a few extra twists. It is a roll and write game where you roll some dice and write some numbers down. In normal Sudoku, if you have not played, you have a giant grid of numbers, and you basically have to have Rows and columns with no repeating numbers, but also it's broken into different three by three squares, and those three by threes can't have any repeating numbers inside them. So it's kind of weird, and it goes numbered one through nine. In Cat Sudoku, uh, you only use one through six because the dice and the rows and columns are broken up, which gives you separate sections that numbers may repeat. Now the one difference in Cat Sudoku and Big and uh, Normal Sudoku that I do enjoy a lot is the fact that if you mess up, it's okay, you just get negative points, rather than saying, this cannot physically go here, you haven't solved it the way Sudoku is. Because Sudoku is like a puzzle. It's always going to have one answer, right? For each puzzle. This is different. And with this one, if you are playing with a group of people, or if it's like me and Delton playing, if he messes up and doesn't put all of his numbers down, so every round we have to put down four numbers, if one round he realizes he only put down three, he gets a negative point, and I get a negative point. Yeah, it has this weird mechanic where it wants everyone to stay on the same page and finish at the same time. So if anybody falls behind, they get negative points for falling behind and missing numbers. But then everyone who's ahead also falls, uh, starts getting negative points for being too far ahead. So it's a weird balancing mechanic 
but then that person who's behind gets to catch up putting any number they want. So it it's almost beneficial to stay behind in like a clutch moment where you just need something different, but at the same time, you get negative points for it, so not really. But in the game, you're just going to roll dice, put the numbers down. That's the basic gist of it. Now, you can make some numbers wild. So if you roll three sixes and a one, there is a little sheet that you'll pass around to whoever's the current roller of the dice. And when they roll, if they roll three sixes and a one, they can either make that one a wild or those three sixes a wild, depending on what they mark on this little piece. Uh, Each number can be wild twice, depending on how many die that you've rolled. So if you roll the one and three sixes, they could make the one that have to mark off the single die box of one being wild. But if they rolled two or more ones, they could mark the two or more ones die box to make that wild. But then ones can't be wild anymore unless you use one of the spaces that are like wild themselves, I guess. Basically, you have three spaces to bring in another number if you've already used it up. It's very strange, but it'll make sense if you see a picture of it. But you're basically going to make something wild every single turn if you can. And you almost always can. So that helps you be able to fit numbers into this board and fill it all the way up. It's a really easy game to play unless you're on a lot of cough medicine that has codeine in it. Then you do what Haley did and just put the same number over and over in like every row or whatever. Okay, so in my defense, the very first time we played, I it didn't click to me that this was actually Sudoku because, you know, I I, I was on drugs, but like the the kind that's prescribed to me to help me with my flu symptoms. And so I was a little bit out of it. And so I didn't realize that up and down, the numbers couldn't repeat either. So I just like made a pattern and I got negative 118 points in the game. I think it was negative 116, but close. Yeah, one of those numbers. And it's the lowest it's ever going to be, I think. Yeah, hopefully. So like that, I feel like that first game, I kind of had an excuse because I didn't realize that the rules applied up and down because based on the iconography of the little player sheet, it just looked like the um, numbers couldn't repeat going horizontally. I didn't realize it couldn't go vertically, and that's my bad because I wasn't, I wasn't there all the way. However, the second time I played, I made the same mistake. Yep. That one I do not have an excuse for. I apologize. I was, well, I mean, I was still on the, the cold medicine. But then the third time we played, I actually did a good job. She finally did a good job. I still won, luckily, but she finally did a good job at it. Uh, the only other rules to this one really are, I guess, the negative points. So you start with 100 points, and then once somebody completely fills up their, or I guess everyone fills it up at the same time, you look, if any numbers are in the same row repeating, then you take minus two points for each number. If there's ever a diagonal that matches, so if you have a two and another diagonal two, that's two points. If there's three in a row, that's four. If there's four in a row, that's six, something like, or I guess eight. But diagonals and chains of diagonals are an easy way to fill in the board, but you're going to get negative points for it. And then you get negatives if you are ever behind or if you are ever too far ahead kind of thing like we talked about. And then you just add up your points and that's it. And that's going to be the game. It's very simple. If you like Sudoku and you like rolling rights and you think cute cats are cute, this is definitely a good one. Uh, It does have four different player sheets. So it's got spring, summer, fall, and winter, and they get harder in difficulty as you go down. So the spring is the easiest one, and then winter is the most difficult. I don't know how the difficulty changes aside from the way it's laid out, the way you're starting spaces, 
you basically roll the dice, fill in four starting spaces, and then the turns actually begin. And I don't know if those are different. I haven't really looked too much into it. We've just been doing spring only. Because that's all my little brain could handle on coding. Because it's pretty rough sometimes. Odo's really fun. I enjoy how cute it is. And that's really the main thing is I enjoy how cute it is. But I love Sudoku. I also play it on my phone like when I'm, when I'm on a plane or uh, whenever I'm going on a, a trip and I'm just sitting there idly. Sudoku is my game to play. And that's the only time I really play it. But that, I have an app on my phone for it. And so Sudoku is fun for me. It has cat theme. It also uh, takes Sudoku and puts a twist on it. And so I really enjoy it. I don't know how much Dalton enjoys it, though. Hey, what can I get you? I'd like a topic. Any special way? Make it a top shelf topic. Coming up. Enjoy. So the topic for today is how to handle playing games that you don't enjoy. Because, as Haley kind of alluded to, Cat Sudoku's not my favorite. Uh, it's a good game for being Sudoku-based. But here's the thing, I don't like Sudoku. I find the puzzles to be difficult. It just It's one of those things that... It's not that I couldn't do it, I just don't enjoy doing it. And Cat Sudoku is a much better version of that. It's easier to handle. If you mess up, it's fine. You know, you just lose some points for it. But in that, that's where my problem lies with this game, is that every time I see something and I put something down, I realize, crap, I've messed up. Now I have to change it. Well, what's a better spot? And I just get frustrated that everything is so open and you can mess up because then I feel like I can't mess up. I can't just take my turn and put down something for negative points because then I'm hurting myself in the chances of doing well at the game, not even just beating my opponent, but successfully filling my board without making it look like it's been, you know, just destroyed by a college-level professor with red ink everywhere. So for me, it's very frustrating to play. And we've been trying to think about, like, how do I handle playing that? How does Haley handle playing games she doesn't like that I like? Yeah, because it's it's inevitable. You're n- you're not gonna like every single game that's brought to the table, whether that is uh, if you're just playing with your partner or if you're playing at a game day and everybody's like, "Oh, I want to try this new game." You're like, "That game sucks!" Like you don't want to ruin the day for everybody by saying, "I refuse to play this game," or "I'm gonna sit this." I mean, you can say, "I want to sit this one out," but sometimes that's a buzzkill for the group. So how do you handle sitting through a game that you don't like? It's just tough for me and Cat Sudoku. It really comes down to I just focus on trying to do better than you do. I mean, really, like, I know that that's how games work. You want to beat your opponent and do better than them. But if I just don't worry about my score and I try to look at your stuff and be like, okay, she's doing okay. I don't think I see many erase marks. I don't see any circles yet. You know, what can I do? I just try to focus on that. And I also try to focus on, uh, like, a big one is just no diagonals. That's, like, my one goal is I want to, even if I mess up elsewhere, I'll try not to. But if I do, I want as little diagonals as possible. So you kind of reframe your thinking to just focus on the parts of the game that you don't mind. Kind of, yeah. Because like diagonals, diagonals make sense because that would be an easy way to just complete this for the most part. Um, but yes, if I just kind of reframe it to where I don't want any diagonals, it challenges me to do something different, but it also makes me try not to focus so hard on the other way to lose points and stuff. But even then, I still get frustrated with this game because it's just that kind of game to get frustrated at. Uh, this is what I've noticed with these cute games, the Roland Rights that I got you from Taiwan uh, Board Game Design, is that they're super cute, but my goodness, they're unforgiving. They are unforgiving. Like, we also got Tyrannosaurus' Holiday, another Roland Right, and it's very rough. And so what are your thoughts on Tyrannosaurus' Holiday? 
So my thoughts on Tyrannosaurus's holiday, uh, basically it's a rolling right. You have five different sections. There's cats. There's cats. There's cat houses, little cat train things, cans of canned food, and a thing at the bottom. Essentially, numbers have to go certain ways in certain areas, and you can mess it up once, but then you're stuck. And unless you undo that mess up with something called a biscuit, you can't redo it. Basically, for me, that one's really difficult because of the T-Rex die. Uh, that game has a thing where you roll three dice, keep them hidden. You reveal two, which everyone puts on their board. Then you reveal the third die called the T-Rex die. And that third die uh, gives you a number, one through six, that you must put in a section that the game dictates. So if it's a one or a two, it must go in the top section, which is where most people are going to be putting their five sixes because it's worth the most points for them to do that. So the game itself is built to make it hard on you. So what are your thoughts on the game? I like it. Um, I like it more than Cat Sudoku by far. Uh, it's super cute, which is helpful, but I think the thing that I enjoy about it versus this one is Tyrannosaurus's Holiday. It has a thing where the, the biscuits, you can undo a mistake. Ah. So you can make a mistake knowing that you're hopefully going to be able to come back and basically white out that mistake to be able to consider that box filled, and now it's okay. Um, I think having that makes it a lot better for me because there's multiple times I screw stuff up, uh, stuff up all over the place, but I can use one biscuit per section, and as long as I plan well, I can use a biscuit where it really needs to be used, and I feel like it's just a, a way to plan through failure, almost. It's interesting, um, but I don't find that to be nearly as frustrating, even though it is a difficult game and very unforgiving. I don't find that to be nearly as frustrating as Cat Sudoku. Okay. And so for you, games where there's basically no catch-up, no, no forgiveness, those are the games that you don't like. And so you have, to, you have to kind of reframe yourself in the things that you can control, reframe the things on, reframe your, your thinking to focus on what you do like about the game and then kind of filter out the things you don't like. I think so. I think that's a good way to put it. In terms of games with no like forgiveness that's hard to say because i mean i love dominant species and that game is not forgiving at all it's all directly competitive against each other uh but it's just uh, i don't know i don't know i guess that's a good way to put it though is that i try to find something that i'm fine with and focus on that or not doing that in the case of cat sudoku it's a little different in my reframes like of course we play games that maybe i don't care for as much or i don't think are as fun uh or games I just find completely boring and dull, and I, I hate this game. But what I like to do is focus on the reactions of other people. If I see that Delton is completely engaged, or Delton's really excited to play this game, even if I hate the game, then I'm going to sit through it because I, I, I like to focus on what makes Delton happy, or the people sitting around the table. If we have someone who's like, this is my absolute favorite game, and I'm like, Ugh. I hate that game, it takes four hours to play, and it's all dice-based. I'm, I'll still sit through it if, you know, it brings somebody joy. It's not like I'm sacrificing my own joy for the joy of others, but if we're sitting at a game table and someone's like, I'm really excited about this game, really stoked about this game, I'm going to sit through it and I'm just going to focus on why it makes them happy. I, think, I really think that's what gets me through those games. I mean, it's kind of the same thing we do with Risk, right? Because I don't like Risk. I'm not a Risk fan. Me and Brian played Risk with uh, one of Jessica's friends. One time, uh, it was his favorite game, and so we brought it out and played it. It took forever, and we just tried to have as much fun as we could. And basically, like, what I did is I took my units, and I just tried to constantly 
like attack people. That's it. I don't even care if it was worth it. I just attacked people. I tried to have as much fun as possible to make it a more enjoyable experience for me. Uh, and so I, I feel like that makes sense. Before we get to the question, which is going to tie into this directly, let's go to the next beer, which is actually a cider. So this is from Bishop Cider Co. It's the Crack Batch Tiger's Blood. It says Crackberry Toasted Coconut Crack. I don't know what that means, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, wow. It says pro tip served over a shaved ice. Oh, God. That sounds delicious. Absolutely delightful. But who in the hell has shaved ice? Hold on. I have to remove this price sticker that Whole Foods put on. So we got these at Whole Foods. We found that Whole Foods, um, if they have like a busted up six pack or something that comes in, they separate them and they sell them as singles. And so their single selection is always different for the most part that we can tell. But it's nice because we get to try different beers we don't normally get to try. And the only thing with the podcast, we don't talk about this a lot, is that buying beers is expensive when you're buying six pack, six pack, six pack, and your fridge is full, and now you have to drink these beers when you just wanted one. And so you look like an alcoholic, but really you just drink like one or two beers a week because your fridge is so full. That's exactly it. And so it's nice when uh, liquor stores and like Whole Foods and stuff have singles because we can make our own six pack and then just get a couple beers just for the podcast. And if we ever want more, we can go back. So on the side of the can, it says, Can by Bishop Cider, Dallas, Texas. For best results, pour directly into mouth. And I thought that was hilarious. And That's then it wonderful. says, pro tip, serve over shaved ice or snow. Oh, God, snow. Like, we did have a snow yesterday. That's very true. We did have a little snow, and then it just immediately went away. At like a quarter inch of snow. We can probably go, like, dust him off the roof. I, I bet it's gone. The sun's been out all day yesterday. I guess that's true. But it only got to like 29 degrees. That's true. So this is a 6% cider, and it says, all natural, gluten-free, vegan-friendly, no sugar added, no fruit essences, nothing you can't pronounce, only things you want. And as an asterisk, does not contain crack. Well, that's good. That's pretty good. It's I good to know. I can pronounce crack. Coming from Texas or Oklahoma, if something says crack on it, you've got to be cautious. But that's the thing is like whenever... Uh, they say, like, only ingredients you can pronounce. Well, I can pronounce crack, and crack's all natural, right? I don't think it's all natural. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the pseudofedrin in it, or whatever is in the pseudofedrin that goes into, I, I don't know. I can pronounce I it, by God. Uh, How do you make hmm. crack? I don't know. Ask my brother. He had to take a class on it for his firefighter stuff. No, that was meth. Was that meth? Well, yeah, that was meth. Oh, you're he, talking like crack cocaine. I don't know. Well, it depends on who you talk to, because some people say crack and they mean meth, some people say crack and they mean crack cocaine, which is a term you've heard a lot. And some people say crack and they say they mean pot. It just depends on who you're talking to. Some people say crack and they mean chocolate or coffee. Very true. It's my crack. I don't know much about drugs. So give this one a whiff. That smells delightful. It smells like gummy bears. It does. It has that tiger. I mean, it's tiger's blood. It's supposed to be like that snow cone flavor. Oh, which I think. is like the, the cherry orange or something like that. Well, this is coconut in there. You can tell the coconut strongly. It smells like a package of gummy bears. Oh, God, that's good. It's a little sweet for just drinking, but it's a cider, which is always sweet. Oh, my God. But if this was on a snow cone, like, oh, my goodness, alcoholic tiger's blood snow cone? It does taste like a, a tiger's blood snow cone. Or, oh, my God. Okay, so this is really good. Uh, it's a little tart, but it's got that refreshingness. It's got a good sweetness to it. It's clean tasting. It's not overly carbonated at all. See, this is one of those that we'd go back and buy a six-pack of. And then we buy a cheap shaved ice machine, and we make snow cones. 
Or we just break into the snow cone stand in the parking lot by our house. Hell yeah, brother. And we just use theirs, make snow cones. All right, so this is really good. Yes, absolutely delightful. It tastes like a snow cone. It smells like gummy bears. It is delicious. What's the alcohol percentage, Dusty Poo? six percent alcohol. Holy Jesus. I didn't realize it was that high. Tiger's Blood from Bishop Cider Co. out of Dallas, Texas. One sip and you're hooked, tart, and balanced. Yeah. Uh, if you have a chance to check that out, definitely do, because this is actually, re- I mean, it tastes like a Tiger's Blood snow cone in a, in a glass. It's glorious. Are we just going to sit here and drink the whole thing before we even get to the question? No, let's move to the question. Like, I, I mean, I'm not opposed. They're just going to sit here and listen to us blabber about how good this is. And now, join us for a Malt House Games podcast special, Pint Size Question. So the question for today is very simple. Haley, what game do I like that you don't enjoy playing that you have to fight and find a way to withstand when I want to play it? I think it's Millennium Blades. And I feel so bad because our very first Gen Con, Delton kept going back to the Millennium Blades booth. Kept going back, kept going back, kept going back. It was a $100 board game. And he's like, I really want this game. Went back, went back, went back. And finally, the last day, he's like, okay, I'm going to get it. And he buys the board game. And he was so excited to play it. And then we sat down to play it, and it was awful. Oh, it was card drafting, and it's ba- like you can buy cards throughout the game, and like I understand the appeal because it's like drafting and magic, and I love cube draft and magic. But for some reason, this game—I don't know if it's because I wasn't familiar with the cards or I didn't quite understand some of the rules—but I hated it. And so the whole time, Delton's so excited to play though, and I tell him like, "Yeah, I'll play it again." But it's not because I like it; it's because I like Delton. So Millennium Blades, if you don't know, it's from level 99 games, and it was $80, not $100. Uh, It basically simulates playing a collectible card game like Magic or Yu-Gi-Oh! or Pokemon, where you're buying quote-unquote packs, which are single cards, and making a little mini deck to play in a tournament. And different like meta strategies come out during the play and things like that. I find it to be very interesting and fun. Haley is just not a fan. But I would play it again because I love you more than I hate the game. Thanks. So for me, it's probably, I think I'm going to say, it's not that I dislike the game, it's that I just don't think the game really gives me something to be like excited about anymore, and I think it might have to be Sushi Go. So I've played <laughs> so much Sushi Go. When Haley got her tonsils out and she had pain medication, she wanted to play. I bought her Sushi Go and she wanted to play it over and over and over and over and over again. So we did, and I've played it so much now that I just want something more. So I'll play it if someone wants to play it. It's a good game. It's a great introduction to drafting. It's super cute. You can play it with kids pretty easily. I don't think it's a bad game. I just am tired of, I'll draft Tempura. Let's hope another Tempura. Oh, I got another Tempura. Woo! And I just get bored now, and I don't know. It's just I feel like it's that one, and it's Smash Up. Uh, Smash Up's another that I'm just kind of like, all right, I'd rather play something else, but I'm still going to play it because Haley wants to play it, which is why we still own it. (laughs) In my defense, again, with Sushi Go, whenever I got my tonsils taken out, I was on pain medication, but I was still so restless and so bored whenever I wasn't sleeping. And so Delton would get home and I was like, I want to play a game, but I couldn't cognitively handle anything that was more than an eighth grade reading level. And I was so tired that I couldn't stay awake for more than 35 minutes. 
And so little play sushi go. So we play around a sushi go. And I sleep. Let's play sushi go. Then my friends would come over and visit. How you doing? Let's play sushi go. And so I just played the hell out of that game. Yeah, it's uh, it's been overplayed for me, but you know, I'll still play it. It's still a good game. I think the real theme of this episode is Haley on medication after a significant health event. It's Haley being tired. Yep, that's pretty much it. Well, I think that that's going to wrap up this episode pretty nicely. We want to give a shout out to our awesome Patreon backers. Thank you, Alan, Allison, Jeth- Jethry, <laughs> uh, Jesse and Catherine, not Jethry, Jethry and Jasrin. I don't know how I would have said that. Jaskier. Thank you all for being awesome Patreon backers and helping us out progress toward better equipment and things like, I don't know, better equipment, essentially. That's the main the main goal. For listeners like you. For listeners like you. If you want to be like them and be awesome Patreon backers and get shouted out on the podcast or added to the end of any video we make, shout it out on Twitter or just support us because you like us and you want to help us get uh, better equipment, microphones, things like that, things that will help us make better products for you, you can go to patreon.com slash malthousegames. M-A-L-T-H-A-U-S games. You can find us on all social media at malthousegames. You can find me personally at Delton Brack, D-E-L-T-O-N-B-R-A-C-K. And you can find Haley at S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L-Y-G-E-E-K. That is at Squirrely Geek. And remember, follow me for the fever dreams. Yeah, follow her to find those fever dreams. Come for the fever dreams. Stay for the salty retweets. Oh, you should have rhymed it. You should have said, come for the fever dreams. Stay for the fire memes. Oh, you just missed a great opportunity. Man. Yep, you failed. That's fantastic. You just failed. It's fine. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. That was a glorious Thanks. little rhyme there. Well, it was really easy because all you live for are memes and that's it. That's a science <laughs> fact. That's a science fact. What's up, Reddit? So if you would like to send us a topic you want us to cover, a question to, for us to answer on the podcast, or even suggest a game for us to look at, you can email us, contact at malthousegames.com. Jesse and Catherine, you need to send us a, a, a topic. Send us something you want us to talk about. Or, yeah, a topic or a question to answer. Or a question to answer. We'll totally do it, like, next time. Yes. Challenge accepted. <laughs> well, challenge issued. Challenge issued. They have to accept the challenge and send to us. Accept the challenge and send it to us. <laughs> Thank you for listening to episode 57 of the Malthouse Games podcast. I think I've covered everything I wanted to talk about. So I, I guess so. that I guess that means until next time, sit back, relax, grab a drink, and play some games. We'll see you folks later. Goodbye. Bye.